Hello, and welcome to Finding Peace Within with your host, Lisa L. Dalton and Candace Mollison. Let us first thank you for tuning into the podcast. Are you ready to live a life worth repeating? If so, grab your pen and pad, get ready to have thought-provoking conversations where we will bring insight and awareness on the importance of being true to who you really are. So, sit back, relax, and let's begin this journey to finding peace within together. Coming up on today's Finding Peace Within podcast. And it's okay to speak those things that be not as though they were, but we have to tell the truth about those things we are not speaking to. So what is that one thing that you need to let go of? That one thing that's causing you not to be all that God has for you to be. And now, get your pen and your pad as we continue on our journey to finding peace within together. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Finding Peace Within with Lisa and Candice. I want to first, as always, thank you for clicking on Finding Peace Within's podcast. We know there are a lot of good podcasts out there that you could be listening to right now, but you chose to listen to Finding Peace Within, and I do not take that for granted. So thank you. Again, share, like, save, and comment. Share, like, save, and comment. I've been getting some good feedback, and I appreciate those of you who are providing that information to me. So continue to do that as I continue to provide you with good, thought-provoking conversations that will encourage you to live a better, peaceful life through spiritual awareness. Thank you, as always. Now, big news. Jesus is King has dropped. Woo! Let me tell you something. I have never been... A Kanye West fan. I don't know anything about Kanye West other than his name. And he's married to Kim Kardashian. And his children have different types of names. That's all I know about Kanye. I grew up in the church. Therefore, um, I just didn't listen. I just didn't listen to, you know, rap. Never liked rap, actually. Um, I didn't listen to a lot of R&B, even though my son... Um, is a is a musician as well, singer songwriter, and started listening to music from an early age. But I personally never listened to Kanye West music until my husband introduced me to one of his videos, um, Sunday Service. And ever since then, I have I'm a fan. I am I am a fan. I subscribe to all things Kanye. <laughs> So I'm I'm enjoying his journey um his um, his new his his new life. I don't know what he looked like before. I I don't know anything about that. But what I am um most pleased with is that his children will get to see a whole dad. They won't have memories of of the crazy Kanye that people love to talk about. 
and the media are among themselves um his children won't won't experience that and that says a lot to me about where um we should be also as as parents as partners we can't do this thing called life without god y'all we we cannot do it how can you show love if you don't know the one who is love and god is love and let me put a little plug in there leviticus has some new music coming out god is love is one of our tracks so man big ups to kanye i'm so happy for you your journey keep on doing it bro keep on doing it you have people out here who are rooting for you who are not hating on you who are supporting you and continuing to pray for you the sunday service collective um your pastor in la i watched that interview as well and you know just thank you and just to see the peace that god has given you so i don't know how to download the music i don't know how to get it because i've never been one to buy you know music the way it is today i'm used to going to the store and buying a cd i'm not sure if it is even in the store in a cd if it's electronic however i'm getting the jesus is king album and and those of you who are old Kanye West fans, like he told uh, Jimmy Kimmel, look, there are no iPhone 4s. Well, not Jimmy Kimmel, uh, one of the other interviews he had. There are no iPhone 4s in iPhone store. It's only, you know, the the latest and the greatest iPhone. So if you're wanting the old Kanye, you're probably not going to get it. He's taking that old music and he's giving it all back to God. So... We give God a hand praise for what he's doing in Kanye's life and the people he will be affecting. So on today's lesson, one thing I always want to do is um, I talk about being authentic and who we really are. And I, I have to remind myself, you know, these lessons aren't just for you. You know, when a preacher prepares a sermon, the Lord ministers to him first, hopefully, He's ministering to him first, and then he's able to give it to the people from a place of conviction and a place of growth. So I, I too, as I prepare lessons for the podcast, you know, I say, Lord, what is it you want me to give? You know, what is it you want me to do? Um, what's the message you want me to give to the people? And, and I know I've been teaching more so, well, not even teaching, but sharing more so from my book, my upcoming book. Um, today's investment tomorrow's return 25 personal investments that will add value to your life and we got up to the 12th investment and I, I just I had to stop because the purpose of the podcast is not just to promote my book it's not about promoting me but it's about promoting God and the message um, that I want to convey to the world through him and and it's all about leading people to a more peaceful life through spiritual awareness. And I, I kind of had to reevaluate where we were going with the podcast and get back on track. I'm a teacher. I love to teach. So that's why I always call the podcast a lesson and hope that you get something from it that you will go back and begin to practice and apply to your own spiritual growth. So today's lesson is, I hope you got your pens and pads because, yeah, there, there were going to be some thought-provoking um, conversations in this podcast. 
honoring symptoms as a voice of the soul. So as I mentioned last week, I'm studying a book. I pulled this book out again. Actually, I started reading this book in 2017. So two years ago, I found this book um, in a Goodwill, in the Goodwill. I don't just buy clothes from the Goodwill. I get books too. And uh, it just, just a picture of that's on this book just just touched just 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 drew me it's a woman sitting in a a a window seat with her head bowed in in um a posture of surrender and and i was like wow i gotta read this book and as i was still working and still am i'm caring for my soul i got the book by thomas moore and um, I began to read it, and it really ministered to me um, because it, it speaks to the heart of who we are as as people, as humans. So today's lesson, A Taste of Perverse, honoring symptoms as a voice of the soul. And we know our body speaks to us through pain. Um, when we're not taking care of our body, if we're having headaches or high blood or you know anything that the body is going is happening in the body the body lets you know hey stop this is going on with me i need you to slow down and our emotions do the same thing when we respond emotionally to things our our soul is telling us that we need to stop evaluate what's going on and and listen to what the message is so today's message, um, lesson in the book, Care of the Soul, A Taste for the Perverse. And I'm going to be reading um, some inserts from the book, which I think are very important to do. So everyone can have a, a real perspective of what this journey is all about. This journey to finding peace within is all about. So here here we go. Here, here's an insert I want to share. There will be several but here, here, here is where we're starting. Taking an interest in one's own soul requires a certain amount of space for reflection and appreciation. Ordinarily, we are so identified with movements of the psyche that we can't stand back and take a good look at them. A little distance allows us to see the dynamics of among the many elements that make up the life of the soul. By becoming interested in these phenomenals, we begin to see our own complexities. If we knew the soul better, we might be ready for the conflicts of life. Thomas More writes, he often had I often have the sense when someone tells me anxiously, anxiously about some knot they find themselves in that what they perceive as an impossible and painful situation calling for professional intervention is simply the complexity of human life once again manifesting itself. Most of us bring to everyday life a somewhat naive psychological attitude in our expectations that our lives and relationships will be simple. Love of the soul asks 
for some appreciation for its complexity. Often care of the soul means not taking sides when there is a conflict at a deep level. It may be necessary to stretch the heart wide enough to embrace contradiction and paradox. That was a lot. So let me break it down. Taking an interest in one's soul requires a certain amount of space and reflection. And space. And appreciation. Let's think about that. That's why it's important to make time to meditate. I mean, really meditate. Don't, you know, don't have noise going on in the background. Just if you if you're riding in your car, if you know you you just got home from work or you woke up in the morning or an event took place within your day and you don't quite understand what it was all about, take time, get a pen and a pad, go sit down and, and say, "Okay, what what is this about? What is uh, why did I respond this way? What what do I need to do differently? Or uh, what is it that 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 situation pricked my prick the inside of me what do i need to do for that not to happen first you've got to acknowledge and reflect you got to make space for that so you just can't let something happen and you don't evaluate it everything is a lesson god will have us learn everything in life is a lesson god will have us learn so when things happen to us and we react to it We got to sit down and reflect and respond and then appreciate that, that, that pain, because through the pain, growth comes. Distance allows us to see the dynamics among the many elements that make up the life and the soul. When we separate ourselves from the emotion and the feeling of the pain, we are now able to really evaluate the substance of the pain, the root of the pain. Where is it really coming from? Is it really about this or is it about that? And, and the soul is so complex. And when, and when um, Thomas More talks about embracing the contradiction and the paradox, which is the paradox is the truth, the self-contradiction of what's true and what you're feeling. Because Feeling is not always true. So sometimes, you know, well, we have to take the feelings out of it. Yes, the truth, you're feeling a certain way because you're reacting to an emotion. But that doesn't always make it truth. That's the paradoxy about it all. That's the craziness about it all. Um, I can say for myself, when I feel certain things, I, I really, because I'm on my journey, man, I'm on my journey to finding peace within. I really do sit and say, Lisa, what, where is that really coming from? Why did you get so upset about that? Or why, what, what is still residuing inside of you that will cause you, you know, I don't have outbursts. You know, I don't do those things anymore. You know, I don't curse. 
I've never been a cursor, but I tried. It didn't, it didn't look good on me. So it's like smoking don't look good on some people. My mom tried to smoke a long, long time ago when I was a little kid, but my mom was just too pretty. So she stopped smoking. I'm not sure if that's why she never was a smoker. She never inhaled it. She just kind of dragged it and blew it out, but it just wasn't her thing. And I remember, um, I tried to drink, but one time, I mean, I, I would, I got drunk leaving a restaurant and walked right into a glass. <laughs> I mean, a glass window, leaving a restaurant, the whole big glass. And I just walked right into it. Boom. Because that's not what some, that's not something that's a part of who I am. So I stopped doing that craziness, but I'm going to read another story, um, that Thomas More wrote in his book. And if you don't know Thomas More, he is a psychologist. Um, also, he went to the um, seminary. So his, his writings is not just about the psyche of the person, but the spiritual part as well. So he, he, here's a story. A man in his 50s came to me. This is Thomas More talking. A man in his 50s came to me once and told me with considerable embarrassment that he had fallen in love. I feel stupid, he said, like an adolescent. I hear this often, that love, that love arouses the adolescent. Anyone familiar with the history of art and literature knows that from the Greeks on down, love has been portrayed as an untamable teenager. You remember when you first fell in love at, you know, like, I don't know, 14, 15. I remember, man, I remember that Ted Jett was, he was like, I just knew I was going to marry him. Um, who else? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh, my God. I'm like, we going to get married. And we were kids, you know. But that's who I, you know, Gerald Mack in, what, second grade, third grade? Oh, we going to get married. <laughs> but then as I got 16, you know, it was Elston Evans. Oh, we going to get married you know, falling in love. And then, um, and then it was, oh my God. See y'all, when you're teenagers, you just have so many boyfriends. Donnie Maxie, when I was, you know, 19, oh, I knew we were going to get married, but just the, the excitement of that college first love. And this is what this man was experiencing. And And he says, oh, you have something against this adolescent? Am I ever going to grow up? He asked in frustration. So here's this 50-year-old man asking the psychologist, am I ever going to grow up? He says, maybe not, I said. Maybe there are things in you that will never grow up. Maybe they shouldn't grow up. Doesn't this suddenly influx of adolescence make you feel young, energetic, and full of life? Doesn't that... You know, when I look at my husband, I still get excited. I still like him. He still does it for me after, what, 18 years of being together, you know, almost 18 years of being together. So that silliness that this 50-year-old is experiencing, he's like, I'm not sure if I should be feeling this way because I'm 50. So Dr. Thomas says, yes, he said, and also silly, immature, confused, and crazy. Well, he's... Um, the man at 50 says that, yes, I feel silly, immature, confused, and crazy. But that's adolescence, Dr. Thomas says. It sounds to me like the old man in you is 
berating the you? Why make being growing up the supreme value? Or maybe I should ask, who in you is claiming that maturity is so important? It's that old man, isn't it? That's, wow, that that was a light bulb. It sounds to me like the old man in you is berating the youth in you. In Care of the Soul, it says, it sounds like the old man in you is berating the youth. The pain in you is berating. The growth in you is berating the pain. The pain in you is berating the growth. Wow. The pain in you is stopping you from living. That's what was happening to this old man right here. When he was experiencing happiness, he immediately said, no, I can't be happy. I cannot experience this joy. This is not supposed to be happening to me because this is now bringing up something inside of me that I really don't want to deal with. Wow. Dr. Thomas says, I wanted to speak for the figure who was being judged and attacked because the old man was judging the youth, the young man inside of him based on his age. I shouldn't be feeling this way because I'm 50. I shouldn't be responding this way because I'm 56. I shouldn't be having these feelings because I'm 39. Wow. Wow. This man had to find enough space in him to allow both the old man and the youth to have a place to speak to each other and over time, maybe over his entire lifetime, to work out some degree of, re of reconciliation. So with that being said, it takes time for some things to be reconciled. There may be things about Lisa that will, just won't change. But that doesn't mean that I'm not continuing, um, that I don't continue to work and care for that area. There may be things that, you know, you may always have high blood and you may always be on pills. But that doesn't mean that you stop caring for yourself. That's not what that means. That means, that means you continue to work. Continue to work. Stop eating salt. Um, salty foods um, get off of a lot of hot sauces and you know that soul, that soul food that makes us feel good you know that may mean changing friends but you still have to care for that which you're continuing to continually working on um, by giving each figure its voice we let the soul speak and show itself as it is not as we wish it would be. By defending the adolescent, being careful not to take sides against the mature figure, I show my interest in his soul. And the man had an opportunity to find a way to contain this conflict of youth and age, maturity and immaturity. I know the Bible says that when we were old, when, when we were young, we spoke, when we were a child, we spoke as a child. But now that I, I'm old, I put away childish things. And that's um, not, um, that's childish behavior. 
Not that you can't be youthful, because I still like to jump rope. I still like to laugh and talk and have and have fun. I still like to play softball, even though my knees make it a challenge. You know, I still, I don't play video games, but I still like to go to an arcade and play Galaga. I mean, I still like doing those things. <laughs> I still like to play in dirt, but I'm making projects. You know, so just because, well, some some of us still like playing board games, and that's what children do. But when the Bible talks about putting away childish things, it's childish responses, childish behaviors that don't serve us. And I always say, as an adult, we shouldn't walk around with attitudes because we should be mature enough to say what we need to say and keep it moving. That's an, I live by that, man. Say what you got to say and keep it moving. Yeah, say what you got to say and keep it moving. So the next part of of our study is a taste for the perverse. And usually when we think about perverse, we think about, oh, perverted things, oh, that's sexual, oh, that's dirty, that's not good. You know, most of the time when we think about perverse, it's an overindulgence in something. But I, I looked up the definition of perverse. Um, perverse of a person or that action showing a deliberate and obstinate desire to behave in a way that is unreasonable or unacceptable, often in spite of the consequences. Ah, so you are deliberately behaving in a way that is unreasonable and unacceptable giving no regard to the consequences. So a taste for deliberate, unreasonable behavior despite of, in spite of the consequences. Oh my God. In spite of the consequences. Oh Lord. You know how we tell our children, don't do this. You know, and when we were raising our sons, we would always tell them there is, Every decision has a consequence. Every decision, whether it's a good consequence or a bad consequence. You drive down 77 or any freeway as at 100 miles per hour, there is going to be a consequence if the state trooper, if Waze doesn't tell you before the, you get there. Because, you know, Waze will let you know police reported ahead. So you got to slow down. But if Waze, if you're using Google Maps, they don't tell you Waze. Is <laughs> they don't tell you the police is coming. It just lets you keep driving this thing. You know, you got the blue lights behind you. But there is a consequence to you driving 100 miles per hour when the speed limit is 70. <sighs> but a taste for the perverse. Here we go. In caring for the soul. No. Oh, one effective, he says, trick in caring for the soul is to look with special attention and openness at what the individual rejects and then to speak favorably for that rejected element. For the man he just discussed, feeling adolescent was something he saw as a problem. He saw being youthful as a problem. That that's wow. wow, 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 wow. In caring for the soul, it looks like special attention. It takes special attention and openness at what the individual rejects, 
and then speaks favorably to the rejected element. So as we all continue our journey to finding peace within, there may be certain things someone may share with you about what you did or what you're doing or an area of that you can improve in um, recommendations. If you're working on a project at work and you spent all your time working on that project and then your manager says, Oh, that's not good. Oh, I didn't need you to do it that way. Oh, you should have done it this way. And then you begin to feel a sense of rejection or like you were not like what you did wasn't appreciated. If your response is that way, that that response is, is speaking more of a pain that still remains. And that's what he said. And to appreciate that that pain. Because remember, all things are lessons God will have us learn. There is a lesson in everything. There's a lesson even in how we respond to what we're dealing with. So with that, you now have to say, why did I get upset when my boss said I didn't do it right? Does it take you take you back to being perhaps when you were a kid and you your mama all your your mama or dad sisters or brothers may have said to you um you never do that right you never get it right i don't care how much time you spent on that it's still not right go back and do it again i remember when my grandmother was teaching me how to make a bed the military way and I didn't always get those tucks right. So, you know, you, you pull, the, pull the sheet all the way up. And then on the side, you're supposed to make that little V, that little diamond shape. Is it a V? You make that diamond shape. And then you tuck that piece in. And then you pull the fold down. And then you tuck all of that into um, in between the mattress. My grandma will come and pull it all out. That's not right. That tuck is not right. Are fluffing the pillows, and then when you pull the bed over, and you're supposed to pull the um the end of the comforter in the sheet over the pillow, and you tuck it in. There's not supposed to be any wrinkles in the bed, <laughs> on the bed. It's supposed to be perfect. My grandma would come and tear the bed up and make me do it over again. And and as I grew up, I always felt I had you know of course you had to be perfect. And that my efforts were not being appreciated. You know, I took all this time to create and make this bed the way you tried to tell me, and it's still not right. So when someone tells you that you did something, you know, what you did is not right, then that takes you back to like, man, I remember when so-and-so and so, you know, was, was being mean to me and I was doing my best. So now everybody's put in that category. So you did begin to appreciate that pain and begin to, once we acknowledge where the pain is coming from, that's when the caring begins. So he continues to say, we all tend to divide experiences into two parts, usually the good and the bad. But there may be all kinds of suspicious things going on in this splitting. We may simply have never considered the value in certain things that we reject. 
or by branding certain experiences negative, we may be protecting ourselves from some unknown fears. By branding our experiences as negative, we may be protecting ourselves from some unknown fears. I'm going to say that again. By branding certain experiences negative, we may be protecting ourselves from some unknown fears. So I'm going to talk about me and my battle with bulimia. I I started and, and I I talk about bulimia because that spirit I mean it controlled a lot of part of my life and it it uh, manifested in different ways. So with the spirit of bulimia it was the spirit of rejection, the spirit of abandonment, the spirit of not being enough. Which is which is why I began, you know, to throw up and take laxatives because the fear of being rejected, but I never looked at bulimia as a positive thing. I always looked at it as a negative, you know, promiscuity, another manifestation from the abandonment and the rejection. I, I looked at all of that as being negative until I started studying this book. And the Bible is great. It's great. But sometimes you need to have other readings to help you really deal with what you're dealing with. And so when, as I was studying this book and he talked about making the negatives positives, I'm like, wow, I'm going to take that negative part of my life, bulimia, and share it with the world. I first had to deal with the why, the abandonment, had to realize, ask, ask, first of all, was I really abandoned? Was I really rejected? Was I really given away? Or was that the story I was telling myself? I think it was the story I was telling myself because I didn't have the courage to ask what really happened. So when I got the courage to ask what really happened, when my grandmother died in 2002, I asked the question, what really happened? How did this come to be? And when I went to my spiritual encounter at our church, that's when all the different spirits, I was so ready to be delivered. I was so ready to begin taking care of my soul. I wasn't afraid to ask the questions and to deal with the pain because I did not want to continue to walk the way I was walking. I did not want to continue to do the things I was doing because they were not serving me well. The consequences, (laughs) the taste of perversion, deliberate, abstain, desire to misbehave, deliberate. Mm. But it wasn't until I began to ask the hard questions. And that's when the unknown fears begin to become very clear to me. Now I understand. Well, not now I understand. I, I, I knew that. But because now I'm now a Kanye West fan, um, 
when he up and moved to Wyoming and bought like over 300 acres of land out there, just destitute, nothing, nothing (laughs) to get away from the noise. That's why guys, it's so important that we meditate, that we get away from the noise. There are some days I don't even cut my television on. I don't, I don't cut it on. I just, I get a book or I'll listen to some music and clean or just sit down. We got to get away from the noise and get out of other people's business. Get off social media like that. If you, if you need to post, you know, for your business or whatever, do that. Follow a little bit, but don't spend hours in other people's lives, which half the time is not true anyway. Wow, this is deep, guys. Oh, my God. Whoa. Just sit. We just need to sit in that part. We just need to sit in that part. By branding certain experiences negative, we may be protecting ourselves from some unknown fears. If someone says something to you, and you say, oh, that's a negative comment. Is it really a negative comment? Or is it something within you that you need to deal with? That's why I do the podcast. Leading people to a more peaceful life through spiritual awareness. It's like you can take a, a horse to to the stream but you can't make him drink I one of my co-workers was sharing with me um, how the podcast has been blessing her and I'm going to have her come on one day and just share her testimony Um, but as we were talking about last week's podcast I can just see the tears welling up in her eyes and of course we were at work so we were not going to start crying at work but it just blessed me. It blessed my soul to know that the work and, and that this podcast is really uh, doing what God gave me to do. You know, I don't, I, I, however you respond to what's being given and the message that I'm relaying, if, if the message sparks a fear, then that's something that you you got to deal with you you got to deal with the fear someone says to you says something to you that sparks a fear you got to deal with where is this fear coming from and that's when you go and you write down in my second book i wrote what is the one what is one thing you need to let go of let that be your work for this week what is the one thing you need to let go of that's stopping you from finding your peace within what is that one thing it may be more but let's just deal with the one thing what is that one thing that you need to let go of stop i you know uh, fear 
They say false evidence appearing real. Real. I say fear is face every area realistically. If you need to be realistic about your life, where you are, who you are, what you've created, what you've become, what you're not saying you are, what who you are. And it's okay to speak those things that be not as though they were, but we have to tell the truth about those things we are not speaking to. So what is that one thing that you need to let go of? That one thing that's causing you not to be all that God has for you to be. I pray you got something out of today's lesson. I know um, there are things that we all are working on and there is some pain that some of us just don't want to deal with. But trust me, guys, if we just do our work, we can walk in a spiritual awareness that only can come from God. So what are our takeaways from today's lesson? A little distance allows us to see the dynamics that make up the life of our soul every day. That means take time to meditate and just um, go over your day and see um, what, how, how you responded in certain ways. Distance will allow us to see those things, um, that part of our soul. Taking care of the soul means not taking sides. When there is conflict at a deeper level, embrace every element of our lives and evaluate each one of them. Pay attention to the things we reject and then speak to that part of us. Speak to that part of you that you reject. See the problem as a good thing, as all things are lessons God will have us learn. Remember to tell the truth about those things you're not speaking to. Face every area realistically. And for our homework, what do you need to let go of to become whole and completely aware of who God intended you to be? Next week, we will continue to study more about how we honor the symptoms um, as a voice of the soul through care versus cure. There is a difference between caring for something and looking for a cure for something. So we we got more work to do as we continue to uh, walk this journey and finding peace within. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. A centered soul is a centered mind. Have a wonderful week. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Finding Peace Within podcast with Lisa L. Dalton. You can find me on Instagram at Lisa Wilson Dalton. You can follow me on Facebook at Lisa Wilson Dalton and follow me on Twitter at I am Lisa L. Dalton. I even have a website findingpeacewithin.org where you can read some of my blogs. You can find the books that I've written and even some of the workout videos that I've created. Until next time, remember to find peace within. A centered soul is a centered mind.